Welcome, welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always by my partner. Hey, what's up? This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Dribble. And as we continue our march towards 300, on this episode, we will spend time with another biographical pick about a musician. Hey, how about that? This one, directed by legendary director and photographer Gordon Parks, Lead Belly, starring <clears throat> Roger Mosley and a cavalcade of actors that we are fond of, including Madge Sinclair, yes. Ernie Hudson, another sighting of the always delightful Art Evans. And according to the movie, it seems like maybe it's his the first, first his first film. And what a debut. And what a debut. Yeah. And there's also another a, a couple of other actors, one in particular who I don't think has got mentioned on our show before, but watching him made me feel good because he's an actor whose work I always appreciate. But I'll talk about that when we review the film. All this and more <laughs> on this episode of the Michelle Mission. Yes. But before we get to that. Hey, what's up to each and every one of you missionaries that are watching us as we are streaming via our good friends at StreamYard to Facebook as well into our YouTube page. And now for the very first time, we are streaming live on Twitch. All right. That's right. The Michelle Mission is live on Twitch, ladies and gentlemen. So if you are a twitch subscriber check out michelle mission and follow and subscribe to our little twitch channel all right you know there's a town i know where all the missionaries go called oh, that doesn't work i was gonna say twitch twitch but it never mind <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna go along with you. You were gonna go. You were gonna ride with me. I was gonna go. I appreciate that. What is it? Twist, twist. Right. Which I was was going to get to, but I forgot it was bedrock. Called bedrock. Twist. Twitch. Twitch. So I should have said, "Oh, there's a town I know where the missionaries go called Misho." Twitch. Twitch. There you go. There you go. Eventually. There you go. We got there. Now we have a Flintstones reference. Yes, we do. There you go. Yes, we do. That's right. And we are off and running. We're bringing the 60s to Twitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Twitch, proof positive that old men are only two years behind. There on you the go. Curve. Yes, we are there up on Twitch, go. ladies and gentlemen. So check that out. Uh, shout out to each and every one of you out, out there in the, uh, in the chat who are watching us and listening to the show. Farrell Blackwell wanted you to know, Vince, um, that he got his Durvel Martin shirt. Okay. And is ready to do this. All right. All right. Did you, did you get your shirt yet? Yeah. You did? Oh, yeah. It fits good? It's fantastic. All right. You got to take a picture so we can send gotta it. Got to take a picture. Put it you're on right. the website. Uh, you're absolutely right. Come on, Vince. Come on. Come on. All right. You have to remind me when I'm near the shirt. Okay, so when you're home. When I'm home, right. So all those times when I'm texting you at home. Right, sure you, you I, should bring it up. I, you're right. There you go. It's my fault. It is your fault. <laughs> it's not my fault. 
So it must be your fault. Of course. Of course. Um, but yeah, yeah. So uh, th that's cool. And shout out to everyone out else out there in the chats. Uh, Robert Monroe Jr. Hey, Robert. Said that he saw the tragedy of Macbeth over the weekend. Great film, wonderful acting, and visually stunning. Yes, yes, indeed. Which I actually heard in a, in, in a review. I have not watched that yet. Okay. I have not found time to watch the tragedy of Macbeth yet. However, there are only so many, there are only so many hours in the day. That's true. However, Vincent. Yes. Because your words were so staring. Okay. From last week's show. Yes. They did nothing to me, but okay. my friend, okay, my good, my good friend, uh, was so moved by your words, okay, that she said we must watch these films that Vincent has talked about, okay, this weekend. All right, now we did not get to the tragedy of Macbeth, okay, so you skipped over the one that I said you should watch the most, true. And would you watch? We watched A Clockwork Orange. Oh. Which is a film which you said you love. I do love A Clockwork Orange. I don't know if I would have jumped right into A Clockwork Orange. Well, I had seen it before. Okay, she had never seen she it. She had never seen it. Okay, so she was just, a, she was actually unaware of it. She just threw, you just threw her into A Clockwork I Orange. I told her it's a weird movie. All right. But honestly, I hadn't seen it in years. Hadn't seen it in years. And I didn't, so, so I didn't truly remember but so much about it. It's oh. like Malcolm McDowell st starring in it. Mm -hmm. And it had to deal with, him and 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 his crew yeah, that his, were going around his doing drugs. Yeah, the drugs. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Going around in like this futuristic London. Yeah, and just being drugheads. Yeah. yeah, that's a tough movie. Now, but the reason why I wanted to revisit this film, okay, and, and thankfully she sat down with me to revisit most of it because it put her to sleep. Okay, um, <laughs> but put a pin in that. But the reason why I wanted to re revisit this film is because last week in your soliloquy about this film. Yes. You had mentioned about how this film was controversial. Yes. At time when it came out in 1971. Yeah. Because of its violence. Right. And then you said words to the effect after saying that when really the film is not that violent. Compared to films that have come afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Right. Those were your words. Those are my words. So I wanted to return to this film to see whether or not that statement held up. Okay. You, Vincent, are out of your mind. Oh, you, you think you, you still think it's really? But for those who have not seen Clockwork Orange or have not seen it in, in quite some time, the movie opens up mm -hmm. within the first 10 minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. The drogues or drogues or trogues, trogues, no drogues with a D. Oh, I thought it was with a T. Yeah. All right, so the drogues led by Malcolm McDowell, yes, are stomping, yes, on an old man in the alley, yes, for no other reason than him being there, yes, right. They're actually savages. If that is not enough, the very next scene cuts to a woman being stripped butt naked yes 
very violently yes on a stage yes by a bunch of other uh ruffians yes only for those ruffians to then be summarily beaten by the drogues yes now you don't know which way you want to feel about the drogues right right in that but nevertheless that is within the first 15 minutes of this movie yes and the hits do not stop coming after that. The hits do stop coming after that. Like there's a really terrible scene where he they go into the couple's house. Yes. And they 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 kick they kick him to singing in the rain. Yes. And they, they But that's when he gets arrested though, right? He, he gets arrested after that, right? He gets arrested after, yeah, he gets arrested after that. So then it's the whole stretch when he's in prison. Well, there is some violence that happens a little bit in between that, but it's it's not certainly as profound, but it's still some violence. Then his boys beat him up when he gets out. Right. And then, you know, there's... But then, like, he gets waterboarded. Yes. I mean, there is a, a, a very... I, I, to me, very graphic rape scene. Yes. Well, well, that's when they go into the couple's house. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when he, um, you know, spoiler for a, a 90 year old movie. Yeah. Um, when he is 50 years old, actually. Um, when he is forced, is its eyes are pried open, and he has to view all these violent images. And oh, one of right. the images that he sees yes. is this woman being raped by several men. Right, right, right. I mean, this it's look. Th- okay, let's, you can argue if if you want to argue sexual violence is more violent than other types of violence. Then I think you have a little wiggle room. I'm not arguing that but it's more violent. There, but it, this it's is still this, violence. It is no way as violent as Terminator Two. Okay, but okay, but the or damn near everything that Arnold Schwarzenegger made throughout the eighties. The difference, be, the difference being in, in that, it, it just using your whole Terminator Two uh, reference is that, it, and yeah, you can go to almost any eighties movie, yeah, where there's a whole ton of gunplay and 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 super steroided up actors, you know, um, mock beating the hell out of each other. And say that this is definitely more violent. The reason why I would c- still lean on this film as being more violent is because, despite the futuristic setting that it's supposed to be take take place in, mm-hmm. outside of them really telling you that it's futuristic, there's nothing really there to lean on it being the future. Right? This is not 2001. Right. Right. So it still feels very much of its time. And with with that, you also have the violence that is being perpetrated. None of it is cartoonish. Now that's all. true. There's nothing that's, that's, cartoony that's about true. it. And there's and there's no like, you know, whether or not it's it right or wrong. We've become a little bit desensitized, even back in that t- day, right. where where there's gunplay on camera, to kind of like desensitized to it mm-hmm. a, a little bit. Th- there's this is not gunplay, yeah. which I, which is kind of part of the point, right? This is hands on. This is this these are guys being, you know, violent against one another, violent against 
elderly people, violent violence against them, themselves, violence against women. Um, and I'm not even just talking about the gratuitous nudity in right. this movie. I, and I don't care what anybody says. The nudity, which is full frontal nudity, nudity in this movie, mm-hmm. is gratuitous. It is way super gratuitous. And if you read the backstories of this movies and and all that Stanley Kubrick you know, did as far as like in in its casting and, and, and production of this film, I ain't gonna lie. This made me feel a little bit icky about Stanley Kubrick, who's an, a director who's a majority of his work I enjoy. But this gave me like, oh, dude, like just, I, I don't understand it. But to say that this is not as violent, I was like, yo, you are crazy, man. You are insane. This movie was just very very disturbing <laughs> okay i'm sorry it's more I, I still think like fight club is more violent but all right i mean <laughs> but fight club is more violent because it's and that's really more of a one-to-one like you're absolutely yeah. right to compare this to terminator or or a film like that isn't isn't fair mm-hmm. but i do think that there have been depictions of violence and sexual violence since then that are as graphic, if not more graphic than this, which when when you think of, like you said, the history of the reception of A Clockwork Orange, mm-hmm. it's like, oh my goodness, A Clockwork. And then when you see it, it's like, oh, okay. Well, but, okay, but I'll hear you. I hear you on that, but one, the times have changed. So unfortunately that there are things that are gonna be more graphic. Right. Um, and while I don't think this is certainly true in every sense, I think that the, especially the sexual violence mm-hmm. in this film l- lands on very gratuitous to me. Okay. Uh, it's in, it's in, in its placement in the film to mm-hmm. some degree. Um, and certainly in its depiction. And, um, yeah, and, and, and while I think that charge can be levied on a, a number of films, I think, I'm hard pressed to think of a film that many consider a classic of the genre mm-hmm. where that is true. Where that is true. Okay. So. All right. That's all I'll. All right. Did you like it though? I like Malcolm McDowell. I've always been, a, I always like him as an actor. And he's great in it. And he's great. Yeah, he's in great it. in it. I mean, he carries it on his shoulders. He, he carries does. the film on it. Like that, in my mind, Malcolm McDowell in the set design, pretty much that's the whole film. Yeah, for a lot of it. You know, I love the set design. I love mm-hmm. the costumes. I love mm-hmm. so, but all right. Yeah, but other than that, I can't, I can't really. Can't. <laughs> I ain't going to fight you but so much over um how violent A Clockwork Orange is. Now, you didn't say that you teach this film. Mm-mm. Okay, all right. I just wanted Mm-mm. to make sure I didn't, I didn't hear that right. <laughs> you... <laughs> You were going to report me. <laughs> Audit that class. Okay, class, time for a little bit of the old ultraviolence. Take out your pins. <laughs> and stab the person next to you with it. No. Robert Monroe Jr. mentions, after watching A Clockwork Orange as a teen, I was never able to hear Singing in the Rain again without thinking of that scene. Yeah, And that is actually... Uh, Stanley Kubrick got in trouble with Gene Kelly. I, I, that's right. Because of he didn't like the appropriation of 
his version of singing in the rain yeah. for use in the film the way that it that it is. So that's a good that's a good point there, Robert. Appreciate you. Okay. <laughs> is that the bone? That was the bone that had to be picked. No, oh, I had to pick. Has the bone been picked? Well, there's still meat on it, but <laughs> I'm just gonna let it live. I'm just, just let it live there. Uh, we got an email from Deborah Battle. Oh, hey, Deborah. Hi, Lynn, Len and Vincent. On the last podcast, when you were trying to think of a way to play Six Degrees of Dervell Martin with Jennifer Aniston, I knew it could be done and that it had to be through one of the two Jennifer Aniston movies I actually like. There are two ways to get there. Okay. Dervell Martin was in Five on the Black Hand Side with Clarice Taylor. Clarice oh. Taylor was in Play Misty for Me with Clint Eastwood. Oh. Clint Eastwood was in Two Mules for Sister Sarah. Oh, my. Such a good movie. That is a good movie. With Shirley MacLaine. Okay. Clint Eastwood was also in A Perfect World with Kevin Costner. And both of Shirley and Kevin were in Rumor Has It with Jennifer Aniston. Okay. While Jennifer may be the lead actress in the movie. The real star is the subject of the film. A young woman going home for her sister's wedding finds out her grandmother and mother are possibly the inspiration for the women in the book, The Graduate. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Having never seen that movie. Uh, yeah, not, I uh, never knew that. I kind of remember it being out, but yeah. Like, I, I, I'm pretty sure I remember doing the calculations. It was like Shirley MacLaine, Jennifer Aniston. Hmm. Uh. Belinda Silber has a question for us, Vincent. Hey, Belinda. It's a casting question. I know okay. you're not really super fond of casting questions, but here's a casting question. Okay. We all agree that Denzel Washington can do anything. It's true. If you could, what sci-fi or Marvel Cinematic Universe movie would you like to cast him in and in what role? I'm going to do a deep cut. Okay. I'm going to do a deep cut. Deep cut. This is for my Octavia Butler people. She has a novel called Clayzark. That's a deep cut. I've never even heard Clayzark about an astronaut who comes back and has been infected with an alien microorganism. Mm -hmm. And it, it it's basically a virus that it, it wants you to spread it to other people. And it, 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 um, it causes the children to be almost, almost, um, you know, not aquarium, but like horses. Mm. Like, sorry to bother me. Like, sorry to bother <laughs> you. But the whole book is about how do you define humanity and, and what does it mean to control yourself? And it's, you know, it's, it's early Octavia Butler, mm -hmm. but it's like this amazing book. And, and it's, an, it's an actual book. It's not like oh a yeah, book story. oh yeah. No, no. This is a novel. This is a novel. Really? It's it's actually since we're here, it connects to the Patternist series. Okay. To a certain extent, like the first book in the series is actually set in the future mm -hmm. of the Patternist mm -hmm. Pattern Master, mm -hmm. and the Patternists are fighting the Clazarks. Oh, okay. Who are like these half kind of horse, half people, and Clay's Ark which was the name of the, the rocket mm -hmm. and, and the, the mission 
is where the Klazarks come from in the future. So why? And he, I would cast him as the astronaut. Okay. Who's the the protagonist? It's also one of the few Octavia Butler books that has a male protagonist. So, do you think that that's one why it hasn't gotten the acclaim that it has? Uh, that that the others have. And, mm-hmm. and two, why is it like out of print? Like I've never heard. Oh, everything's in print now. Yeah, everything's in print so now. It was one that went out of print at one point, though. Okay. Yeah, and it's just early. It's just, it's just and and look, Kindred has always been the the big one, right? Frankly, because that's easy to fit into a, a postmodern mm-hmm. slavery, and then you see, have you seen the ads? No, for the, the I think FX ordered it to series. Oh, really? So it's actually this beautiful shot of. Is it Dana who's the hero who's the protagonist of 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 Kindred, and she's like coming out of the water, okay, in her like seventies clothes, oh, but wow. it's during slavery. So you know, Kindred's always the star. Parable of the Sower is is just. Her, her 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 you know the greatest thing she ever wrote mm-hmm. and, and and you know those are always the big two right that people talk about right and then i think of, as time has gone on people have discovered other ones but I've, I've never heard anybody saying they discovered that one though. yeah yeah it's it's early okay yeah clay's arc might be like her second novel second hmm. or third novel hmm. okay all right but when she said denzel washington science fiction i thought of that immediately dope how about you well i didn't necessarily think of a a sci-fi movie for denzel but thinking about the marvel cinematic universe okay and maybe like some marvel character that he could you know bring to life Mm -hmm. um the shame is and even though it's a it's it's easy already um the shame is that you know you've already got T'Chaka, right? Right, cast right. Done, so, right. You know that would have been perfect. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, but especially with Chad, you know Chadwick Boseman and their relationship. Yeah, that would have been, been that really, would have been neat. Yeah. Really neat. Um, but I was trying to think who he could be because. Uh, because of the the series uh Falcon and the Winter Soldier you've already got um you've already got um Elijah Elijah yeah so uh, uh you know the first the, the the you know truth captain america yeah um that's that would be a good one that would have been a good one that for him too cuz 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 you know you got to as much as you love Denzel you got to think it, it's got to be an older person now. Right. Exactly. You know, exactly. You don't want them, you know, doing, trying to do, you know, cross body flips and all this type of stuff. They've not cast Robbie Robertson. Yeah. But I want to see, you want to see him do stuff, do stuff. Cause okay. Robbie, come on. Yeah. Robbie's just going to be standing by the desk and like, Oh, Jonah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, no, mm-hmm. no. And he's, and he's playing second banana to um, Tom Holland. I like Tom Holland, but yeah, no. yeah, yeah, that's true. that's true. So I don't know. I don't know who I could see him being 
That's a good question. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, I'm 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 drawing a blank. I mean, I guess you could, if you maybe do a flip mm-hmm. and make another character, you know, make you know a whitish character, you know, flip the race, mm-hmm. you know, a la Jonathan Majors and Ka- as Kang. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who he could play. Speaking of deep cuts, he could be Blue Marvel. See now, Blue Marvel would be worthy mm-hmm. of Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. Now, no one listening to this knows who Blue Marvel is. Blue, the but... Blue Marvel. Would be, <laughs> no, here's why the Blue Marvel would be perfect. The Blue Marvel would be perfect because this is your fault, Belinda. You tapped into deep to a deep nerd, a deep nerd vein. The Blue Marvel will be per- perfect because he, he would definitely only be in the one movie. Right. Like, you know, Denzel, cause Denzel ain't going to. Like, <laughs> right. like, y'all ain't locking me down for 50. Denzel is not going to be in Thor 5. Nah, nah. These I, things print money. Unless we can all film all these today. Right. Because, <laughs> come on. Now, the Blue Marvel, for people who don't know, was a fictional superhero uh, created by... In Marvel, he debuted in back in 2010. Uh, the character was Adam Brashear, who, uh, if I remember correctly, and you correct me if I'm wrong, the story is is he basically was a superhero in the mm-hmm. Marvel universe, but back in the time was it the 50s? Like the 50s, I think, yeah. like, like the late 50s, early 60s. Yeah. But he was, and he was like he was almost like. He wasn't quite Superman level power, but he he was right. a powerful dude. Yeah, but his stick was that he wore a mask, a full face mask. Right. So people, you know, was like, "Oh my God, it's the Blue Marble!" Thank you, thank you, thank you. But once they found out that he was actually a black man, right, under the mask, then the worm turned. And then I know I'm not going to spoil. Yeah, but he basically kind of retired and. Over the past few years, yeah, he has shown up as sort of this elder statesman, right? Black right. superhero. Oh, uh, who created him? Is that Kevin um, Grievo? He, he and I might be, yeah, Kevin Grievo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know him? No, I don't. I know it's like a degree of separation with us in him. Yeah. I thought maybe you knew him. You seem, no, I think he I seems think, like he would have been in the triple orbit. I think we we have like flirted with trying to get him on the show and uh, you know just didn't make it okay troubled him yeah. um he would definitely be a person worthy of trying to get on to the michelle mission yeah you know? yeah yeah interesting interesting guy interesting guy because yeah. uh, he's writer, the, a comic book writer and he's the uh underworld guy right yep. like you created underworld didn't he uh did he create underworld i yeah, know he co-created co- yeah 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 very in- brother yep you know, not to put too fine of a point on it. Yeah. This is a black man. This is a black man. So, so yeah, interesting guy. Yeah. So that's a deep cut, but that's a yeah. good one. Vince. Mm-hmm. I like that. All right. I like that. We also got um, a message on Facebook. Okay. From Ryan Smallwood. Hey, Ryan. Listening to the JoJo Dancer episode. Len doesn't care for Ali. Everyone likes Ali oh. except for Joe. Ah, uh, Philly. I Got was about it. to say, don't, don't, don't. Listen. Oh, my God. Okay. Easy. It's not that I don't like Muhammad mm-hmm. Ali. I like Muhammad Ali. Okay. I like Muhammad Ali a e- great deal. Easy. But Muhammad Ali, and, and I will also rep 
that in the ring, Muhammad Ali is very likely the greatest boxer. Okay. You know, all right. to ever step into the ring for all the skills that he had right. and the way that he demonstrated. All right. Joe Frazier. But. Go. All right. Come on. Let's... Where this greatest all right. of. Everybody get out Ali, your tasty cakes and your cheese steaks. We about, this to, get, we about to get Philly Ali, right now. We about to get Philly right now. You know, gets put on him as, you know, like he was this, you know, incredible, great man. Mm-hmm. He, his stance in Vietnam is something to be championed. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Mm -hmm. Come on. Come on. Just go ahead. Go ahead. Get to it. But once he got to the other side of that, uh huh. Ali, did, he, he, he was, he was a major. Which to be a superstar, you have to be a major, you know, uh, narcissist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Come on. Come on. he, through all of his narcissism, mm -hmm. on top of the great <laughs> Joe <laughs> Frazier. Now, Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier is also. No, no, no doubt. Top 10. No doubt. Best boxers ever to step into the ring. Legendary and iconic. Yes. And the man who knocked Ali on his ass. He did. He did. This, this is all true. In his prime. Maybe a hair tick. Past his prime, okay, but in his prime, mm -hmm. Joe Fraser knocked him on his ass. Yes, yes, he did. Why? Because Ali did him wrong, and Joe Fraser yes. said, "I'll see you in the ring." All right, and he saw him in the ring. Philadelphia freedom, I love you. Robert Monroe Jr. is um, <laughs> putting out his. Um, connections to us and he speaks with kevin all the time so we will reach out to you okay kevin grievo oh excellent please do we agree uh, uh big fans is grieve us grieve us grieve us i apologize yeah you know you see the ux at the end yeah um and Far uh farrah blackwell says sugar ray robinson the sugar ray Robinson. Okay. all right we ain't gonna sit here and start talking about boxing because because you're done i am done <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're not like i didn't want to say i mean joe frazier all right and all but he ain't beat up superman and figure out superman's secret identity but okay <laughs> oh that brain i knew there was something else i wanted to talk to you about oh boy no 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 no. this is right up your alley okay i thought since, since we're, we're still kind of like you know you were... we're waiting on the bus on nerd corners to get us <laughs> no, back to no. the mission. i'll both say easy we got early octavia butler novels in the blue marble so we should probably pull up a bit i know but we're waiting for the bus it's coming okay the all right I haven't gotten here just yet. okay have you had an opportunity to check out the first couple of episodes of naomi <sighs> i haven't you haven't i haven't naomi which is developed by ava duvernay yes based on the character and comic book um created by brian michael bendis who for our listeners would probably be most famous for creating oh 
uh, Miles Morales. Miles Morales. Yes. Right, right. So I went immediately to the Marvel stuff. Um, the, right, Mar- Miles Morales. Yes, that's uh, Spider listening to us, not you, nerd. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched Naomi. Um, I've watched the first couple of episodes of Naomi. What do you think? It's a CW show. Okay. Um, so it's cute. Okay. It's cute. It's definitely a show that it's one of those shows that I see what you're doing here, but you're not for me. I was just about to say, I'm pretty sure my goddaughters are watching mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they are 14 and in and, and 12. And, and that's right. It's and right in that wheelhouse. Yeah. It's right in that wheelhouse. Um, so you know i'm happy that it's there mm-hmm. you know the acting is it's it's okay it's okay it's a cute show look man it's a cute show you i'm glad I mean? it's there i'm i'm glad it's i'm there happy too. for it it's a nice counterbalance to star girl another right. show that i think is it's is a cute show but right. just not for me right and this is they probably play on like the same field i would say so i'm happy for, i'm happy for their look, success the proud family is coming back proud family's coming back vince um i don't know if you saw the 10 seconds of Moon Girl, I did, and Devil Dinosaur. I didn't, I that didn't looks like that's going to be fantastic. Okay, because isn't that going to be on Disney Plus? Yeah. Okay. Now Tiana is coming back, so this is a like the representation for okay. for for little black girls is is real nice right now. That's nice. I didn't see the ten seconds of Moon Girl. Mm-hmm. The animation style, real psychedelic. Real psychedelic. It's real psychedelic. Like, like so, it's very stylized. Like, I like it a lot. Okay, so yeah. there's not no what if. No. Okay. Because that's what I was worried about. All right. Okay, good. All right. All right. Then I'm with it. All right. I'm with it. And, and I do like Moon Girl and Devil mm-hmm. Dinosaur. I have to, mm-hmm. I have only had like the first two trades. Because mm-hmm. that, that's done. It, that's yeah. been done. I'm sure they'll relaunch it. But it was a fun book. But uh, Naomi, is it Naomi or Naomi? It's well N A O M I. I thought it was Naomi. Okay, but Naomi. but we're I, recommending it. Almost definitely. Yeah, we're standing by. Yeah, I, so. I definitely. And it's certainly on my list. Well, you should check it out, man. Well, you know, I gotta watch a movie every week. Stuff. That's one movie. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know you're not leaning on that. I know. You know, I gotta gotta watch a movie every week. Um, last thing from the um in our facebook group okay i thought this was very interesting this was posted by harry whitley hey harry um from black boys rock with tanisha wilson okay a little story about ernest frederick morrison oh and who was that the first black child movie star signed to a long-term contract and most famous for his role in the our gang little rascal series oh in 1919, Morrison became the first African-American actor to be signed to a long-term contract with comedy film producer Hal Roach, um, created a series called the Sunshine Sammy series just for Morrison in 1921. Um, then he recreated his idea in a series of Our Gang and Little Rascal films. Morrison made his debut as Booker T. Bacon, in the 1922 debut short of the series called Out One Terrible Day, as the oldest member of the cast, Morrison was paid $10,000 a year, wow. making him the highest paid black actor in Hollywood at the time. 
He filmed 28 episodes and remained with the show until 1924 when he was 12 years old. Wow. Well, that's an interesting factoid. It is definitely. So you can learn more about uh, Mr. Morrison's life. Uh, just go to our Facebook group and there's a link right there that'll take you to blackpass.org. The story of Ernest Frederick Morrison. Oh, well, thank you for that, Harry. Really cool. All right. Pretty dope. I like that. I like stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, oh, one last thing. One this last is something thing. That you, I know you've been watching. Okay. So give us your 30 second thoughts oh. on the HBO Max original series Peacemaker. Oh, it's a hoot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a hoot. It's like a more profane Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And 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 much like Guardians of the Galaxy, it's a hoot, it's profane, but it has a heart. A little bit, yeah. 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 John Cena is great. Um, oh, I just forgot the actress's name. We were just talking Danielle about Brooks. Danielle Brooks is fantastic. Yes, she is. Danielle Brooks is fantastic. Yes, she is. And if someone would have told me that John Cena and Danielle Brooks were the comedy slash <laughs> partnership that I needed in 2022, I would have said, that's a weird combination, mm-hmm. but it works really well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, a lot of people are talking about it's got like a little bit of a, uh, a Deadpool vibe about it. Um, yeah, but it 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 I like it because it definitely I like it one primarily because it feels in the same, rightfully so, universe of the Suicide Squad movie, right? Which right. I enjoyed. Oh, it was fantastic! Hell out of yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I'm I'm really liking it. And, and uh, Danielle Brooks, you know, I liked her when I was introduced to her. Like I think most people were. Sure. In Orange Is the New Black. Sure. But every time I've seen her since then, she her turn up. She's done phenomenal work. I think she is a hoot, like you said. John Cena. He's been on my radar. Like I dropped wrestling years ago. Mm-hmm. But ever since he moved into really acting and not like just some WWF faux action movies mm-hmm. which he started, which, you know, you got to pay your dues. Um, I've actually really warmed to him as an actor. Yeah. As a presence. Yeah. You know what I mean, um, he's, he's good. I mean, he was the best thing in fast nine. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> you gonna leave my fast and furious movies alone. Have you even seen fast? Nine I haven't yet? seen it yet. Yeah. So be quiet, but, but I'm getting, I'm be sure, quiet. I'm sure it is magnificent cinema. Like all of the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why, that's why rock said thanks, but no thanks. Well, I'm know, not coming back. Rock has more stuff to do in Hobbs and Shaw, which is part of the, Furious universe. It's on its own. It was also fantastic. Tom Shaw is now in an alternate universe. They don't, they're not even going to reference. They're not even going to acknowledge it anymore. <laughs> so I, th- I think they're going to write out on a line and there's look at those slow and happy cars over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. All right, Vincent. Yes, sir. Are you ready for the game show that is sweeping the nation? All over the nation. All over the nation. This this uh, game, men is... and women, boys and girls, <laughs> they are they are going crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Dervell Martin was um, 
Kevin Bacon back when he was just a <laughs> slab of meat on his mama's butt. That's right. Um, in, in the seventies, you couldn't throw a stick at a seventies movie without running into Dervell Martin. And we have learned that you can get from Dervell Martin to almost any actor mm-hmm. in Hollywood history. Yes. Small, medium, and large. With six moves with or six less. Moves. So, all right. With that, Vincent. All right. Woo! Six Here we degrees. Go. Six degrees or less. Get from Dervell Martin to Jack Nicholson. Okay. How do I want to do this? It's always, how do I want to do this? I mean, look, Jack Nicholson has been in a billion things. Yeah. So now I just have to settle into what I'm going to get to Jack Nicholson. How would I get to Jack Nicholson? Can you tell me how to get how to get to Jack Nicholson? Okay. Farrell Blackwell wants to know can we get intro music for this segment. I might have to edit it into the podcast because um, StreamYard is very particular. About right, right, right. You got to watch all that. Yeah. So that that's that's the deal there, Faro. I hear you because I, I hear theme song all the theme music all the way. You know, the bad thing is you got me all genre-y, so I can't get Batman and Wolf out of my head. That's not good. Not bad starting places, though. No, they're not. They're not. Did you like Wolf? Oh. Here you go. Get him one move. Oh. Dervo Martin is in the movie you keep referencing, but you've never seen it. The final come down with Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams is in Batman with Jack Nicholson. Very good. <laughs> well, had you thought of that? No. Yeah. <laughs> Probably because I've not seen Can I turn Can I actually turn the camera around? <laughs> For those of you who are looking, like literally, <laughs> right literally, there. he has a poster. Right? Is Billy D. Williams on the poster? Let's see if Billy D. Williams is on the poster. He's not on the poster. He's not. He's not there. He's not there. He's not. Oh, Prince is though. Yeah. Yeah. Lynn actually has a poster of Batman, the motion picture, sitting up with Jack Nicholson looking right at me. well done mr bond (laughs) but as always as always i come prepared you come prepared with another trap okay is it gonna be an actor that's not on a poster (laughs) in here that i can look at Get to Michael Keaton. No, um... right, right. <laughs> what about Kim Basinger? <laughs> In six degrees or less. Okay. 
get from Dervell Martin. Dervell Martin to Michael Jackson. <sighs> Let's have some fun with this one. Derville Martin is in. Yeah, let's uh, I'll, 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 let's 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 just let's let's just go on a little. Let's, let's go on a walk. Oh, okay, all right. Derville Martin is in. Guess who's coming to dinner with Billy D. Williams? Mm-hmm. Billy D. Williams. No, I'm sorry. With um Sydney Portier. Sydney yeah. Portier is in guests is in Uptown Saturday night with Richard Pryor. Yeah. Richard Pryor is in I'm actually gonna I'll I'll even double dip because I'm the step I'm about to say Richard Pryor is in that too. But Richard Pryor is in Lady Sings the Blues mm-hmm. with Billy D. Williams. Mm-hmm. Billy D. Williams is in Bingo Long and is traveling all stars. And yes, I know Richard Pryor is in that too, but we just gonna take the extra step. Mm-hmm. It, with Mabel King. Mm-hmm. Mabel King is in the Wiz mm-hmm. with Michael Jackson. And Richard Pryor. And Richard Pryor. There you go. So Richard Pryor actually just walked with me. I just took Richard Pryor with me. I forgot all about the Wiz. <laughs> How you forget about the only movie he was in? It's not the it's not the movie I was thinking of. What movie were you thinking about with my what Captain EO? No, it wasn't Captain EO, even though people in the chat was like, oh, please let Captain EO be in the movie. The answer, no. I was thinking of his cameo in Men in Black 2. Oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Because I was going to say, I was going to, because originally my, originally it was going to be Will Smith. Mm-hmm. But then I was trying to think, okay, then how could you, because I was trying to like, you know, I wanted to be kind of fair. Like, how do you get to Will Smith? Mm-hmm. And then I remember that Michael Jackson was this. Oh, Michael Jackson. That's right. Oh, no, it's just a cameo. He probably won't remember. He was in there. Right, right, right. 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 But you okay. forgot about yeah, the Wiz. About the- you want to get to him in Men in Black too? No, you, I mean you are you already went four extra steps. All right, I, go. I'm just trying. I felt bad about the Batman thing. Well, no, it's like you hadn't, you know. Yeah, it's good humor. I mean, hey, <laughs> I mean, but you just proved the point. You got to Jack Nicholson. Yeah, yeah. From Durville from Durville Martin. It's not Fred Williamson to Jack I, Nicholson. I know, I know. Durville Martin. I know. It's probably harder to get from Fred Williamson. Well, maybe not. I was about to say, <laughs> but still, that, that's the thing. <sighs> All right, <laughs> it's no fun when it happens. It's so fun. well, anyway. Well, there you go. <laughs> that's that's on you, though. That's on me. That's on that's you. On me. All right, that's on me. I thought Jack McCilson would be a little harder, and I don't know how you ain't think about the whiz. I forgot all about the. And I did use Mabel King. Like, I did try and use, yes, you, you know, you some extra stuff. Like, I didn't, right, because I'm saying Lady Sings, Diana Ross is in Lady Sings the Blues, I know. Too. It's like I everybody know. in it is Everybody is in the way. Right. Yes, I know. Yeah. It probably was a cameo by Jack Nicholson. Somewhere. Right. <laughs> yeah, I just want to bounce around in the movie. Yeah. 
Anyway, it's my fault. It's my fault. No. What else was um Rebree517 says Vince is a gracious <laughs> winner. Sure, while the camera's on. <laughs> Y'all don't see him when the camera's on. Oh, he's mean. Oh, I'm flipping stuff over. <laughs> he's mean. Flipping stuff over. He's, he's putting his manhood in my face. <laughs> Why did I just forget who plays the Tin Man? Nipsey Russell. Nipsey Russell. What else was Nipsey Russell in besides The Wiz? The DVD of The Wiz? Like, I don't think he, he. I don't think his filmography is that big. That's what I was thinking. TV and you know, comedian. Well, let's see. I mean, it happened. Look, we did it all fast. <laughs> we got to um, that fast, but okay. All right, Nipsey. Nipsey Russell. Russell. Let's see what else he was in. I mean, he was on Match Game. No, 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 no. I meant you told me you got to use movies. Remember, that's your thing. Got to use movies. Well, that's the game. That's the game. Are you looking at his filmography? It actually doesn't have a filmography. It just says... See? <laughs> you don't get a filmography when it's one movie. Right. It says he was... In The Wiz. He was in The Wiz. <laughs> That's it. I, I think that... Yeah. I think that was it. That's Look really at, interesting that his big claim to fame was was being on, on game shows. Yeah. I, I mean, to be fair, he was a comedian. I mean, I know he was a comedian and everything, so, you but know, when you think about... But, but when you think about his breakthrough... Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times, the people who would be on those celebrity game shows got there through television and film. Like they may have started on the stage, mm-hmm. but then they kind of, you know, oh, they're on television, they were in the film, and then they ended up on the game shows. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess that's not really true. Like Stephen Eady, like like those Las Vegas acts, those, yeah, oftentimes would end up right on the game shows from. Las Vegas, and that, and 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 that's how you came to know them as far as television, right? You know? um, but you're right; they a lot of them did have their start on in theater. I'm thinking of primarily the, the match game because it was my you know my my favorite. Charles Nelson Riley, I didn't even know he was a theater guy. Charles Nelson Riley was he in movies? No, he, he was, was just he was 100 a, a theater TV guy. guy, right? But he was a theater, he right? Was theater. And then he did the game shows. Right. He did that. And the the woman that's that sat next to him, Brett, I can't remember her last name. Mm-hmm. Big glasses. Mm-hmm. You know what her claim to fame was? No, I don't. She was married to Jack Klugman. Okay. And I think she did, maybe did some acting, but that was it. Right. Very right. little acting. Okay. Know? So you never know. You never know. You never, right. you never know. Well, there you go. Well, and here we are. Well, that was Six Degrees of Durville Martin, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Um, connect- <laughs> Somebody wanted to connect Durville Martin to Kevin Bacon. Well, <laughs> you know what? We, I'd actually know we thought, could do it. I'd, I'd, I'd actually thought about that. We could do it in two moves. Two, you can do it in two moves. Yeah. How many moves did it take you to get to Jack Nicholson? You did it in one move, right? Right. You could do it in two moves. Two moves. Jack Nicholson is in Kevin with Kevin Bacon in um, A Few Good Men. Oh, yeah. You know who I was trying to get to him through? Who? Lawrence Fishburne is in Quicksilver with Kevin Bacon. i never seen Quicksilver. It... I don't even know what it's about. Is it about a bike? Well, it's about bike messengers. Oh, really? Yeah, Kevin Bacon, I think, is uh, um Wall Street guy. Mm. Who quits his Wall Street 
guy gig to become a bike messenger. Yes, it was made in the 80s. Why do you ask? <laughs> it's this great sequence at in the beginning where he's like Wall Streety guy and he's in a cab mm-hmm. and there's a bike messenger next to him and he pays the cab driver to race the bike messenger through mm-hmm. New York. Mm-hmm. And of course the bike messenger beats him. And then that sense of freedom speaks to Kevin Bacon and he quits his job and becomes a bike messenger. And Lawrence Fishburne is one of the bike messengers. So let's get into <laughs> We won't we be watching Quicksilver. No. On, on the Michelle mission. No, we won't. <laughs> no, we won't. Um, we won't be watching that at all. <laughs> at all. We're not watching it because I know somebody, I know a certain somebody is like, Vince talked about this film. About ah, bike no, messages. okay, come on. That's not fair. It sounds kind of interesting. Can we watch it? It really no, is. We're not watching Quicksilver. It, really it is one of those weird 80s high concept films. Like, how do you come up with that? I don't know. All right. Is it time? God, yes. <laughs> For us to get into our review of Lead Belly. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. better known as Lead Belly. The film focuses on the troubles of Lead Belly's youth in the segregated South, including his time in prison and his efforts to use his music to gain release. Featuring a host of actors that we at the show Mission are fans of, including Lynn Hamilton, Albert Hall, mm-hmm. Ernie Hudson, Paul Benjamin. Yeah, yeah. Madge Sinclair. Mm-hmm. Did I mention the did I mention the delightful Art Evans? You have not. Introducing the delightful Art Evans and starring Roger Mosley mm-hmm. as Lead Belly. This film was directed by Gordon Parks, with the script written by Ernest Kenoy, 1976's Lead Belly was the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn. How would you like to begin our conversation around Lead Belly? Well, the first thing I want to do is I want to give people an appreciation for who Lead Belly is. Uh, Lead Belly, as you said, uh, is, it, is Huddy, right? Mm-hmm. 
Huddy William Ledbetter, um, who was a noted folk and blues singer of the early part of the 20th century, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Who, and, and the songs that you may know him most famously for are either Goodnight Irene, which people may or may not know, but the Midnight Special is like really like his big hit, mm-hmm. right? And and um, a song that's actually been covered uh, quite a few times, yes, as well. So um, that that's why the, the, that is a song that you know a lot of people uh, you know 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 of. Uh, Midnight Special was sung by William Lee, um, like. Um, Tons of people, Johnny Rivers, tons of people sang that song. But Lead Belly is uh, was a folk singer whose music did not reach the people the traditional way. This is not a person who was making his his bones as a singer and then recording his music and getting it out there and and traveling the 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 road and things of that nature. He did eventually but only after serving multiple stints <laughs> in prison and not in prison on chain gangs, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, chain gangs. Like he's most like, if you look at pictures of lead belly, you'll either see him in a suit or you'll see him in the stripes. Right. He is back and forth to prison from a very young age and and he's not in and he's back and forth to prison not because you know he was wrongfully accused (laughs) of you know murder or you know oh he looked at that white woman and they bopped him upside the head and threw, threw him away in prison no he was a bit of a just a big dumb dude doing dumb dude stuff and just kept getting caught up by the law and as a black man in the south when you get caught up by the law they throw your butt in prison now you can say whether or not that's right or wrong but you knew what you were what you know fire you was playing with you when you were doing the big dumb stuff that you were doing in the south that he was doing plus when he was getting thrown in prison he was then doubling his problems because he was breaking out of prison (laughs) So now he's on the run as a big dumb dude running around with the co- and not getting out of the south. Still saying where the cops know him. Still singing, being a bit so he's this big dumb guy known for singing in these juke joints all around the south. Escaping prison. <laughs> Getting in the bum fights, getting thrown back in prison. Kills a couple of guys. Kills a couple of dudes. <laughs> you know, I I just so happened like, yo, bruh, like, you know, why don't you just lay on this knife real quick? Whoop. Like, you know, quote unquote, accidentally kills a black guy. Mm, yeah, yeah. Now you can argue he kills a white guy. You can argue maybe self-defense in that one because yeah, he was... Uh... According to the movie, he's getting beat down by three three guys, and one guy he he grabs a knife from, him, he stabs him. But nevertheless, 
and this was it looks like the day that he got out of prison yeah he gets thrown back into prison because he killed a killed a guy just this big dumb dude to getting it into all this problems so it's a very interesting story mm-hmm. of what's going on in this man's life why is this man the way that he is why does he get into the the the, the problems and the situations that he finds himself falling into he leaves home at an early age uh he messes around and winds up at um this uh this uh house of ill repute shall we say uh led by one mad sinclair yes where he becomes basically her dude yes. um and she recognizes that underneath roger mosley's rather taut abs there is the heart of a musician Mm -hmm. so i can maybe make some money off of him so she gives him his first opportunity to sing at some juke joints um because he is a man who left his his home that he shared with his his mother and, and father his father played by paul benjamin he left there Wanting to be a blues singer. He was a young boy. Yes. But he knew already that he wanted to sing the blues. I don't know what blues he was going to be singing about, but he already knew that at that young age, he wanted to sing the blues. Okay. And then he goes and he gets to, he gets to Mad Sinclair's house. He, he, uh, he's, with her he gets into a fight with with some guys he gets thrown he gets thrown in prison um he escapes from prison he he winds up running into blind lemon jefferson played by the the delightful art evans the delightful art evans and those two are a buddy comedy for about 15 (laughs) minutes in the movie until he gets into a fight at uh at a at a party and gets thrown back in the prison. <laughs> and and then away we go with him bouncing back and forth to prison. Meanwhile, there's apparently some young woman who's just, you know, wishing on a star that he will come back to her um, way, way back in where he, he from whence he came in the South. Um, and all this back and forth, you think, oh, okay, this is what's feeding the blues. This is what's feeding this 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 uh this drive that he has to sing the blues. Mhm. You think that. The movie doesn't tell you that. The movie doesn't show you that. The movie just says I want to be a blues singer and then every time he keeps getting into scrapes He's like, I just want to go and sing the blues. You never see him reconciling at all with what he's with what he is um, the life that he's living. Mm-hmm. You never see him um, really even command the screen. Roger Mosley is a physical presence. He is not a small man. He's a very stout, yeah, well developed, yeah. proportion proportioned um, man. 
but he leaves a little to be desired, little to be desired as far as in the realm of like captivating the screen. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's to the one of the big detriments to this film, because in almost every scene that he is in, he is just blown away by whomever is on the screen with him. You can't mm-hmm. take your eyes off of Madge Sinclair when she's on the screen with him mm-hmm. um, in the beginning. And even then, even more touchingly in the end, when she when you return to her years after when she is falling on the hardest of times. Um, and that is like, you still can't take your eyes off of her because it's such a touching scene, the way that she's playing it out, how, uh, her life took a, uh, a turn for the worse. Art Evans comes in as blind lemon Jefferson. He comes into the movie, he lifts the spirits of the movie and then he's gone. And you're like, come back, blind lemon, <laughs> come back, blind lemon. <laughs> Because obviously you can't see that you're the best thing in this movie, dog. Mm. You are you have made us even care a little bit about Lead Belly. Mm-hmm. Because all we want to know is how did Blind Lemon, this blind man who is certainly a more notable and more popular blues singer of this t- of this time, you want to know his story. How did he come to be? That I want to go with Blind Lemon. Sure. The Lead Belly gets thrown in, in prison with Albert Hall, the actor that I wanted to, to mention. Yes. An actor who shows up all the time. And it is, it's never not a joy to see Albert Hall in, in a film. Uh, he is... Like he's he's been in. First of all, he's you know he, he was in Malcolm X. I was about to say if you if you know his know him, you probably know no, him from Malcolm his X. Brother Baines and Malcolm Brother X. Baines from Malcolm X. You may also know him. Um, he was on the Ally McBeal as well as the Practice as well. Um, in this film, he's Dick Licker. That's his name. Mm-hmm. So don't don't get mad at me. Don't at me. But he. In the friendship that he develops with Lead Belly in prison, it's also interesting. Mm-hmm. It's also just a, 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 a great turn of someone who is reconcile is, is trying to reconcile with his his place in life, but also looking for you know whatever silver lining that he he can find, and is also willing to offer up an olive olive branch to Lead Belly's character, even though he keeps getting it thrown back in his face, right. Paul Benjamin, another character actor, shows mm-hmm. up all, uh, all over the place in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Paul Benjamin doing solid work in, in this film as uh, Lead Belly's father. He is um, another person, another presence on the screen you can't take your eyes off of in the beginning and in the end. But there still is never really any true exploration of that relationship between right. him and his father. It, you, you're left to to think that it's contentious in the beginning, but it's only really on the screen for like about a couple of minutes before mm-hmm. Lead Belly is out of his father's house. And then his father doesn't return to the, to the end after his mother, you know, uh, Lead Belly's mother has died. He's an older man now. And now he's just looking for, to see what bare minimum he can do for his son in prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ultimately it lands on, he can't get him out. 
the only thing you can do is at least buy him a, a, a guitar so that he can play his music that he loves so much. The reason why he left his house that apparently his father wasn't really feeling, he don't really know. There's not a whole lot of dialogue about that. Mm-hmm. Lead Belly famously plays a 12 string guitar. You are shown earlier in the film where he's introduced to the 12 string guitar by some, um, another guitarist uh, back back in the, in his uh, days with uh, Madison Clair, uh Miss Eula, her character's name. And he basically steals the idea of playing a 12-string guitar off of this guy. Matter of fact, takes the guy's guitar. He buys it off of him. I'm about to say he he buys it. He buys it off of him, to be fair. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's no real... There's no... There's no real scene where you're left to there's no real scene that that illustrates why the 12 string guitar sure is more you know prominent and 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 is so attractive over the guitar that led belly was playing at the time which was right. just a simple guitar um there's there's no real exploration of that and all of that including the very TV movie look of this film because this movie looks like it was almost made for television like outside of a couple of swear words and a couple of bare breasts that show up every once in a while mm-hmm. I could have sworn this was the ABC movie of the week back in 1976 um, the other the other clue that is not is the director mm-hmm. is Gordon Parks oh yeah and Gordon Parks is not a name that you know is not a name not to be trifled with. You know, he is definitely a, a accomplished director. We know that we've, we've um, covered many of his works here, here on the, on the show. Um, including of course, you know, his big film shaft. Right. Um, but he is also noted first and foremost as a photographer. Yes. For being able to paint pretty pictures. Yes. And there are some scenes in this film that play almost like still images. Yes. They're usually longer cuts. Yes. They're usually, you know, cuts of a vista. Absolutely. There are, there are scenes where Lead Belly is riding his horse with his lady on the back and they're drenched in the, in the, in the glow of the sunlight. Mm-hmm. Very evocative imagery there and there are a few other scenes like that in this film Mm -hmm. but they are very few and very far between Mm -hmm. them the rest of this film looks very very by the numbers and i and i don't know I, i couldn't find any proof of this i would not be surprised if it was almost by a second unit because mm-hmm. I, I find it I, I find it hard to believe that Gordon Parks would film the rest of this movie in such a pedestrian way because oh, it, is, it is just because it is really just very, very there like I said there's some things that look uh cinematic 
Mm-hmm. But the rest of this film just it looks very flat, almost like I said, like a made-for-TV movie. Um, and I don't know whether or not that is budget. It, you might say that that's budget constraints, but it still comes down to the director knowing where to put the camera. Right. You know, how he wants to, you know, compose this shot, this scene. And I found that very failing in this movie. And the other crime of this movie, I just told you about Lead Belly's story. This is a man who went back and forth to prison. There is a life to be explored. Oh, yeah. In this movie. There's a, there is a uh, uh, um, lessons to be pulled from the story of Huddy Ledbetter, a.k.a. Lead Belly. But none of them are on display in this movie because this movie is boring. It Interesting. is two hours and six minutes and six minutes of boring. Hmm. Very, very I, again, outside of the 15 minutes that Art Evans shows up and the collective 10 minutes of uh, Albert Hall and some of Madge Sinclair's scenes, everything else in this film, no, everything else in this film I found very boring, except there is one scene. There's a, a, a love scene that I actually think is, is very well done, very well shot. And this woman who played by uh, Retha Green, I believe, mm-hmm. um, who was waiting for Let Belly to return, uh, is allowed to have her own agency, mm-hmm. and, and I I do appreciate that. I do mm-hmm. appreciate that about this film. But everything else I found about this film boring, and I th- thought it was very lazy filmmaker filmmaking. There is no way you are going to tell me that this man goes back and forth to prison, and nobody ever takes his pinky ring. He wears a pinky ring throughout <laughs> this movie, <laughs> even when he's in prison. There's no way they are not taking his pinky ring. All right. You focused on the pinky ring. I was trying to find something to focus on. And that's why I was like, does this brother have on a pinky ring? Never mind. I didn't know that they had do-rags back in the 1920s and 30s. Oh, we didn't invent nothing new. Well, I I didn't know. I was sure. like, "Am I watching a wire? Like, what's right. happening?" All of a sudden, right. these do rags. Right. Like, I was like, "Okay, I, I guess it that was real. That was right. real." But yeah, what else I got? I got down. Yeah, that, that, there's a couple of good lines in this film. Um, Albert Hall, um, when talking to Lead Belly when he's um, in the hot box, mm-hmm. you know. Um, He's talked about because uh, Let Belly gets mad at him because he he's like I heard you when you told him where I was running. He was like, man, I figured you had already had to jump on him, and I was trying to save myself a, a whooping. Mm-hmm. And then he drop he drops these bars. When they wants to kill you, just living is winning. Yeah. yeah. So and that I was, was like, that was quite a line. That's that's a line, bro. I ain't even I ain't I ain't even mad at you. Um. Yeah, but outside of that, this was this was just not my cup of tea. I think this film is definitely more interesting for its place in Gordon Parks' filmography mm-hmm. than as a film 
itself. This is is a film that comes after Shaft and Shaft's big score, mm-hmm. which are, are are the films that in the seventies Gordon Parks is most known for. Mm-hmm. But frankly, this is more in the spirit of his earlier film, The Learning Tree. Learning Tree, and there's just historically Gordon Parks and Paramount had 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 beef about how it was advertised mm-hmm. and gordon parks famously went into the detroit free press and talked about like the very first like if you look at the poster for this film it's lead belly and he doesn't have a shirt on and there's a prostitute around his leg and he's holding a guitar and 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 gordon parks was like what are y'all doing like that's not what this movie is right and although I'm never one to defend a movie company, I almost feel like they didn't know what to like what to do with this. Yeah. Because this is a film that doesn't really follow the pattern of biographies. Like you said, you'd never get a sense of Lead Belly's interiority. Nope. Like this is a man who is is it, it seems like he's an inch deep. Mm-hmm. You know what you see is what you get. He yes, likes women. Surface. He likes to to party. He likes to play the guitar. And I think there is a way to portray that character. Mm-hmm. If that's what you're interested in, because I get the sense and, and you say the, the, these, these scenes are few and far between. And, you know, maybe it's just subjective. Maybe the effect of one carried me through the parts that weren't as evocative and effective, because I think you're absolutely right. This is a film where there are moments where you, absolutely know that gordon parks is a photographer Mm -hmm. and and like you said it is just they're almost stills yep and my read was that gordon parks was more interested in this evocation of place than he was an actual biography the actual yeah of story of lead belly Mm -hmm. and lead belly was really just his way to have these the these these almost set pieces you mm-hmm. know the, it, it begins and kind of sets the mode that the film is going to be in where it's it's this you know this wonderful scene of of a party oh yeah and lead belly is is playing the guitar and a and young ernie hudson. A, a very young ernie hudson is there and you see this depiction of black life yeah in the South, I have to say, you say that you, you said that it it reminded you of a TV movie. I, I disagree with you because this was not a set. Like this, very much was on location. I think a TV movie, oftentimes you get the sense that it's on a back lot. No, but I'm talking about more the cinematography itself. Okay, because it felt like no, it, no, no, you know no, no, it's no, film, it was filmed throughout Texas. Yeah, um, yeah it was on location. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. But there, there are shots in the prisons, both in the in the um, barracks and as they're breaking up rocks. There are shots. There's this amazing shot 
where 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 apparently there's there in in his life lead belly got pardoned mm-hmm. because he sang this song to the, the governor, governor yeah of texas and there's this wonderful shot of the governor in one of these houses right outside of the prison mm-hmm. and you see all of the white guests at this party and they're all dressed in white and it's in contrast to all these black prisoners on the other side of on the, the gate. other side of a gate in their uniforms and and this is a moment that you could print in frame yeah um yeah like you i liked everybody's performance in this around roger mosley mm-hmm. like i think roger what roger mosley really brings to this role is his physicality yes because as you said he is an imposing physical sped like if you only know him as tc from that's, magnum pi that's i couldn't remember his name i knew it was on magnum pi i couldn't remember his name this this is not magnum's sort of non-threatening black sidekick exactly right and and that carries it to a certain extent but as you said this is a two hour and six minute there's no film. reason for this movie to be two there's hours oh, well except that it's paramount and it's 1976 and and this is the man who made two shaft movies and and we don't really know what we're doing and and how to do any of this and and basically we're gonna let you do what you want right right but you're absolutely right like like this is very much a film that gordon parks could make after he made two shaft movies Mm -hmm. and before jaws and star wars changed the game right so we don't really know what to do but you tease me about the 70s mm-hmm. but this part of the reason i like i love the fact that this got made like i love the fact that somebody gave gordon parks the resources to make a two-hour movie about a blues singer that people kind of know about no i i yeah i'm i'm with that but ultimately like you i don't know how much the film justifies itself as a film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm all for, like I said, the story of Lead Belly is ripe for ex- exploration in a film. And yes, Gordon Parks, you know, probably one of a handful of names that have you heard in the 70s, he's doing the Lead Belly story. Okay, all right. Cool. Right, right. Sign off on that. Sign off on that. You know what I mean? But I just think the finished product is disappointing uh, overall. I think it, it's really uh, a letdown. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's like he's like you. Well, you didn't say it, so I don't want to put words in your mouth. If Gordon Parker was like me, he's doing the movie, <clears throat> having you know, doing what he got to do. These films are shot out of order. You know mm-hmm. that. Art Evans comes in on day three for the blind lemon Jefferson role. Gordon Parks is doing that because if you notice, there's act the scenes with um blind lemon because there's like a little bit of like montage. They definitely have like yeah. I said, like a little bit of a buddy cop type of thing mm-hmm. going. And there's scenes of them like driving, you know, along the the, the south. 
those are actually you go back if you dare mm -hmm. go back and watch those watch this movie and watch how those scenes are staged mm -hmm. and shot versus some of the other scenes in this film it looks first unit it looks like gordon parts of eye is on the ball in a lot of those scenes i was outside of the scene when they first meet when they first meet like at this uh, like on the train on the train mm -hmm. and even then because that one is kind of i think maybe because of the cramped conditions of the train or whatever i think it could have been staged a little bit better okay but outside of that scene you which maybe is on a set. We don't know if that train. Right, right. It's right, right, not on a train. Right. Yeah. It, could, mm -hmm. it very likely is on a set. Everything else with them is very, a lot of it is on location. Yes. You look at how those are shot. That's Gordon Park. I, I, I'm willing to bet that's Gordon Parks all the way on them. That's probably like day four, day five of filming. And Gordon Parks realized at that point realizes, oh man, we got the wrong guy in the lead, man. We need to be making a blind lemon movie. Oh well, mm. they signed off on Lead Belly. Gotta right, finish right. this because he doesn't. He, he there is no care shown in in digging even a little past past uh, past his bare chest, right into the heart, the the soul, the, what is really the the fuel for lead belly in this film and i think that is uh, uh a shame to to the man and to his legacy because let's face it there's probably not going to be another lead belly no 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 this this is the one you get right yeah. here this is the one you get and 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 i think it's you know unless they do a move unless there is you know a mini series that is just about the blues, right? And then you just see Lead Belly kind of you know, maneuvering his way through that, right? You almost want a treatment of Lead Belly, like you had of Howlin' Wolf mm -hmm. and uh, Muddy Waters, yep, in uh, Chess Records, yep, Cadillac yeah. Records, Cadillac Records. I'm sorry, yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. You know, Lil Walter, yep, exactly. And, and I think that, and you know, ultimately that. That is what really bummed me out about the movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I th I think the other thing that goes into it, and, and there's this wonderful um, um, interview that that Gordon Parks gave Barbara Kevelez, I think her name is, and, and she was talking to him about the marketing of Lead Belly, where I feel like the type of characterization that we're talking about, mm -hmm. Gordon Parks, I got the sense he was almost resisting that because he really wasn't trying to make a black exploitation movie. Okay, and that's fair. That's fair. And and okay, and that's fair. And the life of Lead Belly because it is so rife with back and forth to the prison, right? Like, it, like it's very easy to turn this into, yeah. Uh, because uh, well, because he kills two guys, yeah, but, and he's always in a fight, yeah, and but, it's always so you but know. That's where you, but that's one when you lean on your writer mm -hmm. to to you know to write a different story, right? And that's where two, 
you have someone like Gordon Parks, who, while he did shaft, while he did shaft's big score, did the learning tree. He did do the learning tree. So it's not like he doesn't have it in him. Well, the learning tree is also his story. Okay, but still. So, I mean, if only if it's it's his story, but you could as in it's for those of you who don't know it's a, it's semi autobiographical right yeah learning tree yeah but you could it it certainly is still of that time yeah oh um, yeah and you could bring the lessons in its production and and its look yeah. to this film and you could also bring a little bit more of the intelligence of its script mm. to this you know you maybe you just you know maybe you don't shoot the first draft. Right, right. No? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. All right. No. So would you recommend no. Lead Belly? No. And uh, it's, it's a shame, but I would not. I would not recommend this film. I don't think I would either. Because the pros, you can get it better from the learning tree. Yeah. Like, if you have two hours to watch a Gordon Parks film and you want to see him at a different speed mm-hmm. than Shaft, I think the learning tree is a much better use of that time. Yeah, and you can see a lot of these character actors that are in this film yeah. in and many other things. Yeah. Just as good, if not better. Just as good. Yeah. Yeah. I know one thing. It did make me, you know, mismatch Sinclair. Cause we lost very. Isn't soon. she fantastic? Way, way too soon. Isn't she fantastic? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I've not seen a lot of young Madge Sinclair. No, me neither. Like I liked young, sexy Madge mm-hmm. Sinclair. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Madge all Sinclair. up on her. You know, right? You know, and her, her bustle. Got, got a little stuff on. Yeah, oh. man. I like. I like that. Yeah, but but yeah, I agree. All right, but hey, ladies and gentlemen, check out Lead Belly if you like. <laughs> you be the judge. Yeah. Check out the film. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Before we tell you what we're going to be watching next week here on the Michelle Mission, I invite you to like and follow us on all the social medias, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to have to update this banner. I just realized it. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube at Michelle Mission. Also on Twitch. Also on Shout Twitch. out to our Twitch followers out yeah. there. Twitch, Twitch. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna make that. Um, check us out. Follow us. Subscribe. Tell a friend about the Michelle Mission. Email us all of your thoughts and concerns at Mission at gmail.com You can also go to our website, Michelle Mission Two Men One Podcast. Every black film ever made. MichelleMission.com where you can hit swag and check out all the cool designs that we have available to you by way of our good friends at T Public, including our Six Degrees of Durville Martin collection. Yes. That you can check out and uh, get while supplies last. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the show mission is also a proud member of the Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com. They make podcasts work. All right. All right. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, it is Vincent's turn here on the Michaud Mission to select our film. Do yes. you remember what film we're I was, watching? I was about to say, you know, we, we made our list, mm-hmm. and then I immediately forgot what I picked. Well, I'll tell you what you picked, Vincent. You went to 1995. 
1995. And you went to another favorite here of the uh, mission, one Ra- Lorenz Tate. Oh, what did I pick? You know, oh, I hope I picked what popped in my head, but I don't want to say it in case I didn't. Lorenz Tate, who stars in a film that was co-written, produced, and directed by the Hughes brothers. Yes! I was hoping that's what I picked. Dead Presidents. You mentioned Dead Presidents a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, oh, we should do Dead Presidents. But apparently that's what I thought last summer when I put together my list. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Dead Presidents, ladies and gentlemen, next week. Very nice. Here on the show mission that is it's been a while since i've seen I'm, I'm realizing i haven't seen it in a while and i hope i liked it as much as i thought it did because i forgot chris tucker was in it yeah and it's chris tucker's best role yeah yeah yep yeah ambush right is in it was right um i think our dude um oh i don't want to i don't want to misrepresent but i think our man is in this film uh yep bokeem woodbine bokeem woodbine that's right yes and clifton powell i remember Clifton. always got room for clifton powell i remember clifton powell was oh yeah oh yeah oh i remember remember remembering oh and shout out real quick another person that's in this film jennifer lewis is in dead presidents who if I don't know if people have seen the video of Jennifer Lewis, 65 and still alive and kicking. Yeah. She yeah. is doing not one, not two, not three, multiple kicks above her head. Jennifer Lewis has never been a game at all. Mm. 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 Beast with it. Love me some Jennifer Lewis. Who doesn't? All right. Right. Dead presidents. Dead presidents. That's right. That's right. All right. Next week here on the Michelle Mission, um, a film that also has a wonderful soundtrack. Yes, it does. We will talk about all that. We will. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, he's Vincent. I'm Len. And in parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again.